powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com SCPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 and older, and please play responsibly. Welcome back to Game Over Toronto, where the Leafs were continuing their Western Conference woes. This is a, a game that we took on against the Vancouver Canucks, where we were tied 1-1 to going into the second. And what happened in the third? We collapsed. When you have three goals occurring in the third, it's no fun. When two of them are due to shorthanded goals, even worse. But what is the nail in the coffin is the fact that those two shorthanded goals occurred on the same penalty kill. That's right, the same penalty kill. But at least we have our fan favorite, Sean Fitzgerald, here to help break down the show. Uh, Sean, <laughs> the second time's a charm, eh? Finally, the audio's working. But, yeah, I mean, what a game. I'm so sorry that you had to watch that and come on to, to Game Over Toronto to, to help break this game down. This this was a shame. Just just for clarity, so the, the first time we went through when your audio wasn't working, you called this a third period collapse of a lifetime. Yes. Just just for context, what third period collapse might it have been worse than? Uh, listen, we've had a lot of third period collapse. I don't know if this is worse than the Boston ones, but the... Ooh, did I say it? <laughs> did you just put this in the same category as four? It was four one in Boston. I might have. I might have. Oh my goodness! Is this where we're starting with this? It, it was. It was bad. Was it not? Was it not horrible? I mean, it. It wasn't good. Uh, I mean, Austin Matthews is sitting somewhere in a dressing room in Vancouver with. At best, a bruise on the inside of his leg. Uh, mm -hmm. At worst, uh, that if you're wearing a Leaf jersey, as you are, uh, <laughs> probably isn't the greatest news in the history of the world. Um, I mean, Luke Ken laid a couple of hits. Mm -hmm. uh, John Tavares got hit hellaciously twice and got up. Um, uh, uh, I mean, they get they get they get to to continue this Western road swing all the way through New Jersey on Tuesday, so maybe that's uh, happy ending. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there just wasn't a lot, right? Like, um, they came out and I mean, and what? Like, fifteen seconds in, Luke Shen lays a big hit. So you're mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe this is this is going to be the statement game that everybody thought. Okay, well, you know, right after the trades, uh, everybody gets in, everybody catches up with the team. Um, you know, they're, they're all sort of, you know, they got the, the jet lag or the, the wobbly legs and nobody knows each other's name fully yet. I don't know. They don't have the Jersey press, whatever excuses you wanted to make. Like it's going to take time to adjust 15 seconds in Luke Shen just pops somebody, right? You're like, okay, yep. this is the statement game. And then like John Tavares gets absolutely just smoked. And you're like, mm, okay, that's okay. Fight. Sure. You, you know, got a player missing 17 minutes because of an instigator in a game and a 10 minute major. Uh, and then they just never, I don't know. Like I refuse to believe that a Rick talk at defense did this to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I refuse to believe that as it was suggested on the broadcast, that this was somehow due to the coaching ingenious of Rick talk. Um, 
But the fact remains, like the Toronto Maple Leafs managed one goal against a team that I'm going to have to look again to make sure I was looking the standings upside down. But <laughs> I don't think the Canucks are near the top of where you want to be in the standings. So, yeah, like as with a lot of this Western swing, there's just there's just not a lot of positive to take out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's one of those interesting games you mentioned that uh, the Vancouver Canucks are in the bottom of the standings. This is probably a game that they probably wanted to lose as well. It's 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 one of those games where probably both teams lost at the, at the end of the day, right? And um, it, it was interesting because, yeah, like you said, um, Luke Shen getting a great hit off. But I also like the way that um, the, the way that McCabe was was able to to defend um, uh, JT when when JT got uh, got hit by by Meyer, a, a big body. Uh, McCabe was right there throwing hands and 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 really and got that... flipped over like he was on a merry-go-round. Yeah, exactly. Star. Like that could have ended. Like honestly, in all seriousness, and I'm pro- full disclosure, I don't like fighting in hockey um, for a bunch of reasons. I'm happy to get into, but like on the boards, like they both narrowly missed really nasty collisions in the intersection between the ice and the boards there in the corner because they both rotated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is that answering for something? I don't know, man. Like, I, well, you I gotta still, I still buy like it's a little bit, right? Like, it, but it's it, a hit. Like, yeah. Luke Shen comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to be hitting today," uh-huh. and then John Tavares gets hit by. And again, I watched two or three replays, just like everybody else. I'm like, "Well, that seems okay to me." And so you got to fight for that now. I don't know. Yeah, it's dumb. Like we know too much about what repeated head trauma can do to these guys. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. and that's a whole separate tangent. <laughs> for sure for everybody's sure. cranky everybody's watching this saying shut up move on to something else uh and you're right too <laughs> we'll get into yeah. the anti-fighting thing another time all right all right um but yeah i mean uh we'll we'll talk about that that first goal because um it, it was tough matt murray he's back in net uh for us after being away for a while right and i thought he he looked pretty good right he looked fantastic yeah, a couple of amazing that. toe saves too. exactly like he really found a way to get to the puck fine you know traffic uh i mean that that was a two-on-one uh was it two-on-one uh where he stretched out and made that incredible right toe save like mm-hmm. looked pretty good to me exactly exactly and that the goals that 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 went in against uh against him were not really his fault right i mean that that uh that first goal the kuzmenko uh kuzmenko goal right mm-hmm. that took a um uh that took a deflection first of all off of kuzmenko and then also off of um off of hall oh. as well right and murray just has no chance it's just not enough time for him to react to that situation and then we talk with the two shorties those are those are two breakaway goals essentially right it's it's tough he he was put into a position where he had to stand on his head and uh the team kind of let him out to dry especially in that that third right um the one positive at least he looked pretty good on his return um that's 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 great to see but the team just needs to really sure up defensively i think um what i noticed a lot was they just weren't handling the puck correctly it looked like they were getting some weird passes off and there there were interceptions being made. They just weren't able to hold on to it. And that led to a lot of, for example, these shorties, right? So what were your thoughts on, on what kind of um, went wrong in that, that, that penalty uh, or that power play situation for the Leafs? I think Adam Wilde actually put it uh, right on, on Twitter after the game. It's like, it's just one of those games where you just want them to get home and maybe have a practice. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, hello, my name is, and you might be, um, and actually get to work with some of the the new faces, right? Like it, it is, it is a change. Like they, they, 
forgetting is setting aside the fact that I think Rasmus Sandin had about 10 points tonight for Washington, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, they do have a bunch of uh, new people. Um, uh, you do have, you know, some adjustment that you have to make and it's tough to do when you're three time zones away uh, and you've been on the road for a while. I mean, if you're taking a look, I think if you're taking a look at this from like the top line, what, what do you take away from this? I mean, the first one is, is yeah, like what is the extent of what happened to Austin Matthews there? I mean, Kevin Bieksa uh, during intermission um, and he's pretty level with this kind of stuff, right? Like he said that, you know, I think he was talking about a teammate. I don't think he named the teammate, but said that, you know, when they took it on the inside of the knee once, uh, the, the impact was enough to actually impact the ligament. There was a partial yeah, there was tear. Like a I can't remember. Yeah, I can't, if he said ACL, MCL, or, or meniscus, I think but he like it was meniscus, something. But yeah, it definitely. was one of the scary. It was one of the scary acronyms, right? Like one of the ones you don't want to hear. So mm-hmm. I think the top line one is like one. You know, is it just a bruise? Was it a stinger? Um, he came back and he was playing on the wing, and he didn't look like he was the most super mobile um, when he came back uh, after that after intermission. Um, so what's his status? And yeah, like developing a level of comfort. I think maybe with the new folks. Um, maybe playing with more than, you know, 11 forwards uh, in a game when you're, you know, uh, playing this many games on a road trip. Um, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot to dig through there. Like, I, I think Austin Matthews has to be the top one. And then, yeah, like, you know, with some time, there's still lots of time before playoffs. They're going to get time to practice. They're going to be home for a bit. I think they'll be able to work out the the, the bits where you could maybe chalk it up to being unfamiliar with each other. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like losing to that Canucks team is in that fashion is not a good thing. Ever. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Matthews then, because um, we all know, and it's it's no surprise to anyone that he has been uh, been dealing with injuries, right? He's been he's been playing through them, and and Dubis um, acknowledged that as well during his press conference uh, just a day ago, right? Um, and again, mm-hmm. he gets taken down, and he was on all fours for a long time. He was really shaky to get up. Uh, it took a while it for him to get up. It was a blast too. Like it was, yeah. it was every ounce of Juleson's like mass. Exactly, um, he put in behind that shot. And and he he was wobbling. Like it's holding when... down the B button and chell for as long as you can before you release, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, getting there because especially there's, there's like minimal padding around there as well. It's, yeah. it's it's a tough shot to take. It's and... a weird one too because he looked like he was in the lane and it it looked it looked like um, at first you're like, well, maybe he he had his back to the play. He wasn't sure where the shot was coming from, but it looked like he he knew where the shot was coming from, and yet he still kind of turned. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was talking to you before, like. I spent part of today uh, at an exhibition uh, U12 hockey game. And yeah, like forwards, forwards, you know, it's it's scary when you see people come in and wind up that your, you know, your reaction is naturally just to sort of turn away and shield. But, you know, fact of the matter is you're safest, not that you're ever safe standing in front of a slap shot, um, facing it straight up, right? Because all your padding is there. So yeah, Ma- Matthews looked like he almost turned. I don't know if it was if he was thinking of chasing a rebound or if he thought he was going to get out of the way. Um, but yeah, like it, it, that subtle turn to my eye looked like it exposed like the inside where you don't have plastic covering. You have that maybe a bit of soft padding, and that's that gets scary because that shot was moving. And at the very least, he's going to have just a giant bag of ice on that knee flying east. Yeah, exactly. And the, the the problem here is like we we have 19 games to remain in, right? And we're kind of are locked into this that 
that slot mm-hmm. of we're going to be playing Tampa. It just depends on if we're getting home ice advantage or not, right? But and if John Cooper's going to keep sitting his top three forwards every game, but yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we should be doing the same with with Matthews, right? He he has been coming back from injury. Well, I mean, benching Cooper. Cooper was on. He, he was uh, explaining why he benched. Uh, was it was it Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov for the third period of their last game? Oh yeah, he benched all of them. Yeah, eh? He did. Oh wow, to make a point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was going to say, like, if, you, if, if Sheldon Chief did that, I, I'm pretty sure there would be a, a federal inquest uh, <laughs> held before that second playoff game. But anyway, please continue. <laughs> yeah, but, but but to that point, like, what, um, we're playing against Vancouver, right? A team that we should have beat. Unfortunately, we didn't end up beating them. But do you think that we should kind of be load managing Matthews a little bit, like they they do in the NBA? Right? You see a lot of the stars towards the end of the regular season they they're taking uh, games off and and just to make sure they are at a hundred percent. Now Matthews right now isn't even at a hundred percent, right? What do you think we should do? Should we should we rest him? Should we just let him play? Do you, what should Keith do in this situation? That's a fascinating question, isn't it? Like, so even in the NBA now, you started to see, I mean, you know, you mentioned load management. Where did that begin? That was born right in Toronto, right? Like Kawhi Leonard, load managed, coming off a, a series of seasons where he'd missed a lot of games due to injury. All of a sudden, oh, he's not playing tonight because it's a back-to-back. It's load management. And he absolutely helps puts the franchise on his back and carries them to the first NBA championship. So load management is a very um, evocative term, I think, especially in Toronto. But even in the NBA now, you're starting to hear just sort of subtle pushback about that whole concept of load management. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, it's been a lot. I, I know that Paul even... George, Paul George, some, one, of the, one of the players was coming out and saying, um, it's not preventing injuries, it's making them soft. Now, I don't believe that whole concept of soft because it's it's a lot, right? Like with these, with what we as spectators and the expectations that fans have, um, like these guys put themselves through the ringer through eight months, well, 12 months now of the year, they're all working out. But the question of load management, the thing that, I mean, the science, you know, the lease would certainly have a lot of people working in that department. Um, the benefit, the cost benefit analysis of, you know, shutting somebody down and that old, it's that collision with, with science and old hockey mentality. Remember that there's all those folks who say, if you miss, if you hold out for two weeks of training camp, it's going to take you six weeks to catch up or, or maybe you're not going to catch up for the whole season because of those critical, you know, two a day practices. I think maybe that's where hockey and new thinking might collide, right? Like mm-hmm. if you sit somebody down for even a couple of weeks here, like a couple of, as you said, like relatively meaningless weeks, nobody's really going to catch them. You know, they're not going to catch anybody. You're sort of static. Sit him down. Then you're going to have the debate of, well, he's going to come back. He's going to be rusty. He's going to be a step behind, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's what you'd run into. So I think, yeah, on the surface, why wouldn't you load manage? You're, you're you know, one of the greatest goal scorers in the league right now. to Make sure that whatever's ailing them, you know, whether it be now a knee or a wrist or whatever, is at its absolute peak performance when you need them, which is when the playoffs start, because nobody really cares who wins on Tuesday, right? Like, mm-hmm. you really care if Matthews gets a goal and two assists against the Devils? No, you don't care. You care what happens in game two against Tampa in six weeks. So, yeah, I mean, the rational part of your brain says, sit him down until he's fully healthy. Um, but the hockey part of your brain says, 
oh, if you miss training camp, then you're not going to be normal until January <laughs> or whatever. Uh, if you sit him down now, he's going to be a step behind in the playoffs. I think that's the collision that you come into inevitably in this discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I love that you brought that up because even like yesterday's game, I believe it was it was a uh, it was Calgary. Um, there was a time where where there was a breakaway for Calgary, and then it was Nylander, um, Matthews, and Riley. So they yeah. they had a play. This is our, our core group here, right? These these aren't the different additions that we that we got added on, and so they're. They do have an inherent chemistry to them, right? And um, Matthews was caught puck watching while uh, Calgary got a fantastic opportunity and, and a great shot, right? It, it luckily bounced off the the post and no, no hoopla was made about it, right? But um, that's a situation where, where Matthews was caught lacking a little bit. And then to your point, what if... Um, uh, in a couple of weeks, we know that he's going to be a great goal scorer, but the other aspects of his game, right? The defensive aspects, which we praised him a lot on, um, is that going to come into question? And also the inherent chemistry that he's going to have to build with his new linesmen. I mean, like we mentioned, there's a ton of new additions here on the Leafs and Keith has had his fun tinkering around with the top six quite a bit. I don't think he's, he's fully realized uh, what he really wants out of that top six and, and what parents he, he really wants to do. Is he going to put O'Reilly or keep O'Reilly on that uh, that second line or that third line. So Matthews is going to have to play catch up if he does take some time off. But I definitely think like a healthier Matthews or healthy Matthews, sorry, is more important than one that's going to take a game or two to to get his feet under him and and um, just be consistent. Right. Um, that's one of the things I I mean, there's lots to admire about professional athletes in any sport. Right. Like I'm not just talking hockey here, but like you know, the grind, um, like you think of thinking of, you know, even Haley Wickenheiser in, in 2014 at the Olympics, right? Like she was, she was getting up there and everybody knew, I think she was playing like a broken foot, um, but she was still out there gutting it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and not after every game, she's talking about a broken foot. Um, but we all knew she was, she wasn't a hundred percent, but there she was drawing the penalty that led to Marie-Philippe Brunez again, another one of her historic goals. Um, at this point in the season, um, you know, in now in March, um, you know, the, the cliche is all these guys are playing hurt. Like all these guys have something. So one of the things I really admire um, is that, you know, if, you know, whatever Matthews is dealing with, let's assume he's still, you know, Dubas has said it. So he's been playing hurt. Like to not come out every day and say, look, guys, yeah, no, I'm not scoring on the same pace I did last year because, you know, like Darth Vader, I actually had part of my wrist taken out and it's now, you know, Android or whatever. Like it's, you know, it takes a little bit of time for the mechanics to come back. Like, like they're playing hurt and, and he's out there, you know, in the second and third period today, gutting through something that would have kept me out of beer league for three months. Right. Like you take a shot like that. There's a bruise. It hurts. It's like I do admire that about these guys that and all of them. Right. Like players on both sides, players. Like they're playing hurt and they're trying to do their best. And they're doing that, especially um, in markets they care under a huge microscope. Mm -hmm. So people are like, why isn't he scoring? Uh, why is he puck watching? And that's a reasonable comment. I'm not saying that, but like, we don't know at this point, like maybe he does have injuries that prevent him or, or slow him down just that extra half second where, you know, he needs to think, can I get to that? Whereas before it's obviously he gets to that. I don't know for sure. I don't have any insight. He didn't text me after the game like he <laughs> normally would, obviously. Um, 
But I mean, it's something to keep in mind, especially at this time of year. Like we just don't know what these guys are dealing with inside. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the trade deadline in general that the Leafs had? Do you think Dubas did a, a pretty good job? Because like, like we mentioned, there's a ton of turnover, right? We got O'Reilly, we got Achari, we got Lafferty, Luke Shen is back on the team again, which is fantastic. Although he, he, uh, that, that I believe it was the fourth goal was the one where he wasn't able to quickly get the puck out of our zone. Um, he's back and, and McCabe's there. We've had a ton of turnover, right? Um, what do you rate the Leafs, I guess, um, coming out of the trade deadline? Do you think Dubas has done enough to not only win a series, but win the cup? Cause that's all. You want to talk about those minor league deadline deals made on, uh, made on Friday. <laughs> I got, I got to look at, the, I got to look at the names here. What? No, no, we're still not there. Um, yeah, I, it's tough to say, like, it goes back, I mean, if you listen to talk radio in the city, and I do, um, you know, any given day, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they could be talking about goaltending. Tuesday, Thursday, they could be talking about whether, you know, Morgan Riley is the top pairing defender for the playoffs. Um, and then for bonus content on the weekend, they could say, are they gritty enough? But I think the fact of the matter is that all judgment on any of this, and this isn't a cop-out, it sounds like a cop-out, um, all judgment on this is going to be reserved until May. If you and I are sitting here doing a post game in May, then we're like, you know what? That was a pretty good trade deadline. Mm-hmm. If you and I are at a patio uh, having a ginger ale and a seven up in May and the Leafs are out, like, yeah, that probably wasn't the greatest trade deadline. <laughs> but that's where we are, right? Like, we are now on a stage of this team's development where moves in the time don't really matter it's all going to be judged all of this stuff it sounds really nihilist all of a sudden but it's all going to be judged on what happens in the playoffs this year yeah because i think after that if no matter how tough the the road's going to be and it it obviously take a look at the east it's it's not going to be like the old norris division like these are these are heavyweight fights coming up um all judgment's going to be suspended till then Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, it, it it's tough because I like the moves. I like a lot of the moves that that we've made, and I think the Leafs definitely have gotten stronger coming out of the trade de- deadline than they they were before it, right? Um, but there's a lot of asterisks on on whether they're gonna be able to get their their feet under them if they're going to be able to gel together. Uh, but one thing I can say right now is i'm happy that dubas kind of went for it because a lot of the times Leafs fans have been talking about um dubas uh just never fully committed and this year he committed he threw all the chips at the wall uh we have that that uh, that first round for 2023 i think he was probably trying to flip it on on Mm -hmm. trade deadline day uh wasn't able to find a a perfect fit for that or, or perfect return for that but um i can i think we can applaud him for for at least going out there and trying right because I think he did fill a lot of the gaps that we saw, right? In in our defense, he he really bolstered that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we we fully have a, a top two left wing um, that that's set in stone yet. I think Keith has to really do his job and, and try to figure out who he wants there. But um, yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of a lot of great additions made, and. Um, O'Reilly has been playing well. Um, Cave is doing uh, playing great. Achari as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that that top six though? What what do you think? Um, 
which lines have have you thought worked well thus far in the in the two three games that we've even seen them together right that's the problem we haven't seen uh, them together for too long and keith has just jumbled these lines up like crazy together in the first period today what were the shots was it like it was like 14 4 at one point wasn't it yeah yeah like that's that's pretty that's pretty good that's pretty good you know if you're shooting teams 14 4 you know i'm not a huge math person but I, I think the probability favors you, right? That you're eventually going to score more goals than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are entire shifts uh, in that first period where, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, this is really environmentally friendly because the Zamboni's only going to have to flood one half of the ice at intermission. Um, <laughs> they get to save that fuel for the second intermission. Um, but yeah, like a crummy power play, a couple bad breaks, um, a couple scary moments, I think. And, you know, you don't like seeing Tavares especially just you know any you know that that shot was high you don't like seeing him bump his head yeah. uh you don't certainly like seeing austin matthews um you know go down like that you don't like seeing anybody get hurt but yeah there's just you know what should have been a night of okay vibes mm-hmm. even if you scratch out a 2-1 win or a one nothing loss or an honor roll 2-1 loss to vancouver um it just yeah the power play collapse and then the injury questions it just it made it a not great saturday night Definitely. What, what are your thoughts? That doesn't on- answer your question. I think to, to get to circle back to your question, um, the top six, like they can take over a game. Yeah. Right? Well, what about like, O'Reilly? Any one of those two lines. Any one of those two lines can take over a game. Like they have, uh-huh. like Nylander, I mean, that pass to Tavares to set up that goal. Uh-huh. Like, come on, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we all know, like Mitch Marner, on top of being, you know, one of the most creative players in the league also can be just an incredible penalty killer and and a threat to do to teams exactly what Vancouver did to Toronto tonight, right? Like he can just, he can peel off and he can be a huge asset on the PK too. It's just, you know, it's like that stretch in October where they lost four games and all of a sudden, you know, we're asking is Sheldon Keefe going to get fired? Ironically, also another Western Conference road trip too. (laughs) I think think Nick Kiprios at one point said if they don't win by the Pittsburgh game, then he's going to get fired or something like that. Um, But yeah, like you go through stretches like that. They've been, they've had a really good season. They're still going to have a good season. They've got, you know, elite, elite top end talent. Do they have questions in goal related to health and consistency? Absolutely. Do they have questions on defense? Would you like Morgan Riley to get back to, we're talking full speed to where he was, you know, it still doesn't seem like he's really caught up to that since he's returned from injury. Mm-hmm. He's still a top tier defenseman, even, you know, like you think that something like this will return. And I think the good news out of tonight is that, yeah, like there's still 19 games left in the regular season before any of these games start to matter until the point that we care about them. Mm-hmm. What was, what was Steve Steve Glenn's famous, Steve Dangle, excuse me, his famous line was, I don't care about any of this until the playoffs. Mm. I think, I think I'm at that stage now <laughs> for this team as an observer, um, as somebody who just reports on them. Um, for me, I'm not saying I'm mentally checked out of what these games mean in and of themselves, uh-huh. but I think as it relates to broader trend pieces heading into the playoffs, I think that's what matters. So you're not uh, hyper analyzing this uh, this Oilers loss and then this loss against Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you'd like to see, you know, especially the Edmonton game, a bit more of a statement there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, like, you know, the, you know, everybody's talking about the energy and how, you know, you mentioned it off the top, like Kyle Dubas going all in is something you want to see. And, I'll, you know, some of the narrative coming back and I'm here in Toronto, they're out West, but was, yeah, the players really, it, it bolstered them to, you know, feel that Kyle Dubas believed in them, that this was the year. And then they go out and Connor McDavid. Um, <laughs> and then they get past, you know, Calgary. Um, and then they come out and they do to the Canucks, nothing they had a really good first period and then you know bad penalty kill and some other lapses yeah but i don't think that's enough to really you know hit the the staples red button right to say it's it's time for an alarm mm-hmm. definitely, definitely not even close not exactly. even close unless of course austin matthews has something really really bad with that knee in which case yeah by all means hit the red button yeah and i think i think a great part to see is that um even though matthews has been been uh struggling through injury and he's not producing the same rate as he was last year the rest of the team has picked up the slack right i think the team this year is more well-rounded than they were last year where they're not super reliant on on a couple guys to get the goals in day in and day out right um so that's that's great to see and that's going to be important come uh the playoffs and and even for the rest of the season right um but but let's let's circle back a little bit to O'Reilly because he is uh keeps kind of playing around with keeping him onto the second line where he looked great with Jonathan Tavares. He took a point shot. It looked like he took a shot to the ribs tonight too. Yeah, it looked like there was a puck. Uh, if I'm, was it the second, maybe the third period? I think it, it was looked the second, like a, yeah. a point shot, and it looked like he was a little bit stung too. But he, I think he stayed on the ice. Mm-hmm. He didn't go off. But I'm like, that's not something you like to see either. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Remember Joffrey Lupul uh, years ago crossed in front of a Dion Phaneuf slap shot and ended up breaking. He hit him in that space between the glove and the elbow and ended up breaking his part of his forearm and he was out for weeks. That... Like anytime, <laughs> anytime that happens, you're like, that's just don't don't hit a shot you're not expecting to block. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's so quick and it's a quick lapse and then you're done for a while, right? <laughs> we don't have cool. time left before uh, before the playoffs. Be safe that's out there. Exactly. It. <laughs> no, like that's 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 the thing. Like, so you know, best laid plans. Like Kyle Dubas can do all this. I, we will get to talk to O'Reilly. I swear, I'm not trying to dodge the question here. But like, um, yeah, like best laid plans. Like you could have a night like tonight, right? Like John Tavares gets shoulder to the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Matthews. We've talked about a lot. that's the thing that's that's the thing like it really just matters how everybody's going to be before game one yeah just 19 19 game preseason is what this is basically exactly exactly and i think that they they are um making strides i mean they looked better i started off with with a a terrible loss against the oilers they look better against calgary today it was just a blip honestly that third period um unfortunate I I won't really draw too much on it because, it, again, it is a Vancouver game. It's, they're tired, but it was a horrendous like third period in general. But yeah, I mean, we still have 19 more games, and we have the Devils on Tuesday, and we're playing against the Oilers again on Saturday, and there's a quite a big gap between that. So they play the Devils on Tuesday, and then they have a couple three days. days off to yeah to recover and practice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's going to do the team some good, and it's it's nice at least that they have some time for these guys. Like you mentioned, a couple guys that got dinged up a little bit, get some time off and and recover and and uh, readjust. See other. <laughs> a lot of them to find a place to live <laughs> like like for these guys who join the team on the road trip like where's luke shen staying like this did he keep his place in toronto probably not like 
<laughs> yeah. So that's it's a good thing they have those three days to like get the hotel room keys all lined up. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's really not a lot more to talk about in this game because they had they had some troubles, but it it's one of those games. It's just one of those games. But uh yeah, what, you know what, what really interesting a sidebar, um the the shorthanded thing. So yeah, um, you go back and you take a look at those two Vancouver goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, like it, it's what Marner does really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole concept of it's kind of outdated. But you know, especially at four v five, where you get the puck and you just fire it down. I think this is something that you know is being sort of evolved. I'm going to phrase this wrong, but it's late and it's Saturday night. Yeah, evolution is taking it out of the game where, you know, teams, I can't, I have to go back and look at the film, but, you know, especially when they start playing the umbrella on the power play, Mm -hmm. sometimes you only have one person at the point playing center field on the blue line, right? Yeah. That's a horrible mixed metaphor. But I'm wondering if if part of the evolution of, of the PK is you actually really do start to recognize that as a counterattack possibility. Right. So, I mean, you have one, you have your point person shifting to be at the center of the blue line. So you can have somebody else down on the wall. Right. Yeah. So you take your second point person, you sort of shift. Right. Uh-huh. And you have maybe two people in front. Another per- so what that leaves is you have that one person. So if, if at the, you know, four V five, um, you do sort of draw up schematics of, if you get the puck over here, you do have somebody really attacking as opposed to flipping it down the ice and letting them reset and recharge and come back at you that you use it as a counterattack uh, point. And Marner does that. I can't remember who he did that. Um, scored a shorthanded goal two or three weeks ago at home where it was that same thing where he's tracking back, tracking back, sees that he can make a play, makes a bit of a risk, you know, goes down to try and block a pass. And if he misses it, it could be a two on one, but he gets it. And instead of just turning around and reefing it back down the ice, he forges a counterattack. I think it was a two-on-one with Kampf, and he ends up holding it and shooting it and going. Like, in USA Hockey, um, for for youth-level players, you're not allowed to ice the puck shorthanded. Mm-hmm. It's it's blown dead, and there's a defensive zone face-off, just like it was if it was 5v5. So in the U.S., they're actually trying to teach kids, hey, look, treat this as a counterattack. And I think, you know, Vancouver highlighted what that can do if you do have that mentality. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really have anything to do with the Leafs as it is today, but it's just interesting to, like, historically what we viewed the PK as versus what it can be. Uh huh. Exactly, and I think that that happened uh, against the Leafs a couple times. I can't remember if it was against the Oilers or or against Calgary. They became a blur because I did both those game overs as well. They were late, like late game. like six or seven shorthanded goals. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of shorthanded goals against this year. Exactly, and it's it's exactly that same play that you're talking about, and it it works really. It works surprisingly well because you'd assume that they'd be uh, vulnerable on 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 defense, but when they're yeah. able to get a pass out, um, especially when you're against a team that isn't collecting the pass super well, like the Leafs have been the last couple of games, right. why not capitalize on it? And they, they got some great passes and it was, it was the same two guys over and over that got those, those two shorties, right? It was, um, who was it? Pe- uh, Peterson and, um, Mill. Yeah. Miller, Peterson got, Peterson got the Peterson, one and Miller. I can't remember who got I the think other it was one. Miller. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. sa- same yeah. two Peterson, guys. Peterson got the one, uh, gave him the two, one lead. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting the way that they, they adapt and, and evolve the power play. I think it's going to be, uh, 
gonna be cool it's like one of those things where i i was really hoping that the uh the five forward power play <laughs> would work out but it never ended up happening uh yeah it's 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 fun. They, the, league, the league is a, in a fun spot where you have some great guys out there, some fast players, and, and they're able to showcase their skills. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's going to do here from us. We've uh, we kind of went through the entire game. We we talked about all the, 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 the different highlights and lowlights of the leaps the as well. The discussion about the highlights was very, very brief, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh, the one highlight, I mean, Murray. That's it. <laughs> and Luke Shen. Luke Shen had a hit 15 and seconds Shen. into the first period. And he, he also had a, a bad turnover that led to that fourth goal as well. <laughs> but yeah. Nylander's pass to Tavares was also pretty good. There you go. There you go. So there's there some positives here there that they can build there's, on. There's, is that three? Is that three or four? Anyway. Three. There you go. <laughs> that's that's some positive they can build on. And hopefully they can, uh, they can build on that against the Devils, which is going to be coming up on Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it here from us. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to. Uh, we're not ending our week on a game like this. So <laughs> you can sleep on it and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Sean, where can the people find you? Uh, where can they find me? Uh, on Twitter. Shoveling snow, <laughs> shoveling snow still. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm on Twitter. I'm at The Athletic. Uh, either one of those two places. Perfect, perfect. And again, Or shoveling snow. Or shoveling snow, yeah. Probably and shoveling snow. Today was horrible. <laughs> Thank it God tomorrow good. I'm going snowboarding, so at least we have some fresh snow for it. So this is going to oh, be fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, and you can find me, Harnish underscore Patel 98 on Twitter. And again, have a fantastic rest of your day. That's here from us from uh, Game Over Toronto. Good night, everyone. by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.